You're listening to Ari Goldwag's Parsha Podcast, recorded in Ramavit Shemesh, Israel, 5767, 2007. This week's Parshios, the two Parshas this week are Matos and Mase. We have a double header this week. In the second Parsha, in Parshas Mase, there's a topic that the Torah brings down that I would like to discuss. The Torah says, in chapter 35, verse 9, Vayedavar Hashem God spoke to Moses and said the following, he told Moses to tell the people of Israel that when they come into Eretz Yisrael, when they come into the land of Israel, they should set up six cities, three on each side of the Jordan River, and these cities would be cities of refuge. Cities of refuge for whom? For the person who is an unintentional murderer. Now this unintentional murderer, says the Torah, is a case, for example, where someone was in the forest and he was chopping down a tree, and his axe the axe head wasn't properly fastened upon the top of the axe. And as he was chopping, the top of the axe, the iron part of the axe, flew off and it proceeded to land in someone's head and kill him. Now the Torah provides that in such an instance, a relative of the person who was killed is allowed to go and take vengeance upon the unintentional murderer. Now says the Torah, what this murderer should do is he should run as fast as he can, to the closest ear miklat, the closest city of refuge. And once he's in that city of refuge, says the Torah, the Goel Hadam, the avenger of the blood of the killed man, is no longer permitted to kill the one who killed his relative. Now what if the unintentional murderer actually lived in a city of refuge? What would be the law? The law states that in such a case, he would actually have to run to a different city of refuge and only there would he be protected from the vengeance of the Golahadam, the dead man's relative. As we learn these laws, a few different questions come to mind. We know that in all of the Torah, in all of God's laws, in all of the framework that He set up, there's a concept called Mida Keneged Mida, a measure for a measure. Punishments are usually meted out in accordance with the crime. The question is, how does this punishment fit the crime? Someone went and he killed someone else unintentionally. He has to run away to a city of refuge. How does that punishment fit the crime? That's question number one. Question number two is why is it that the man who lives in a city of refuge has to run off to a different city of refuge? If he's already in a city of refuge and a city of refuge protects someone from being killed by a Gol Hadam, by an avenger of the blood of a killed man, so then why is it necessary for him to go somewhere else? Now a third question that I'd like to ask is that we see that it's specifically a murderer who killed through negligence. Shogig. However, someone who kills intentionally, the Torah explicitly says, there's no way for him to escape. There's no way for him to go. You kill someone intentionally, you're going to die. On the flip side of the coin, if someone kills through an absolute ones, nothing to do with negligence, totally unintentional, totally unpreventable. This law would not apply. He would not have to run to a city of refuge. The question is why? Why is it specifically for this person who is Bishogeg, unintentionally, negligently killed someone? Now to answer this question, I'd like to present you with a beautiful philosophical concept that I've seen in both the writings of Rabbi Kiva Tatz as well as the writings of Rabbi Vigdor Miller. 
there are numerous identifiable desires that lie within the hearts of men. Among those many desires are the desires to love, the desire to travel. When one's away from their home, there's a desire to be back at home. There's a desire for fame, and there's a desire for wealth. Countless desires that play on the hearts of man. If one looks deeply into each of these desires, reflected in each of these desires is actually a desire of the soul. The desire to love, to be in a deeply satisfying relationship with another human being, reflects the desire of the soul to be in a deep relationship with its Creator, with God. The desire for fame and for wealth reflects the desire of the soul to acquire something that's eternal, eternal acquisitions, spiritual acquisitions, real fame, things of lasting and gratifying significance. What is the meaning of the desire to travel? And why is it that when we're traveling, when we're away from home, we so long to be back at home? The deep idea that underlies this longing, this longing to travel or to be back at home, is that when a soul is in the world of the souls, it has a desire to come down to the physical world because it knows that the only way to accomplish anything is in the physical world. Because in the spiritual world, everything is static. There's no movement. Only when a soul comes into a physical body can it accomplish anything. Only in the physical world is it possible to put on phylacteries, to put on tefillin. Only in the physical world is it possible to pray to God. There's no praying in the next world. Because you have everything, there's nothing, to, there's nothing lacking, there's nothing that you could need. Only in the physical world can one do kindness for other people. It's for this reason that the soul desires, when it's in the soul world, to come down to this world, to the physical world. That's what underlies the desire to travel. And on the other side, when the soul enters the body, when the soul is in the physical world, it has a tremendous longing, a tremendous desire, a tremendous pull to return back to its Creator, to return to the source of spirituality. And that's reflected in our desire when we're traveling to be back home. Now let's come back to the city of refuge, to the unintentional, negligent murderer. The Torah says that such a person who through his negligence kills another human being, he must run away to a city of refuge. Notice he must run. We see he has to go away from where he is. Because if he's in a city of refuge, he has to run to a different city of refuge. This concept of fleeing, he has to travel, he has to go away from his regular place. And we're specifically speaking of a murderer who kills through negligence. Not a person who kills intentionally. Not a person who kills by complete accident. A person who kills through negligence person is standing in the forest he's chopping with his axe and the top of the axe is not fastened well and the top of the axe flies off and kills someone that person has to go into exile leave his hometown leave his natural place leave his family and he has to run off to an iramiklat to a city of refuge so as not to be killed by the gol hadam by the avenger this message this lesson is tailor-made for this man who are we talking about? A person who does not have the proper value for human life. What does he do? He goes out with something that is extremely dangerous, an axe head that has the potential to murder, to kill someone. 
He doesn't fasten it on properly. He doesn't take the necessary precautions to make sure that no one is harmed by his actions. Such a person has forgotten why he's on this earth. He's forgotten that we are just visitors here. We are just visiting here in order to accomplish spiritual accomplishments, to gain spiritual acquisitions. He does not have the proper value for life to make sure that lives are not lost. Such a person needs a very specific message. He needs to travel. He needs to be reminded that we are travelers with a specific goal in this world to accomplish as much as we can with the time we're allotted. Interestingly, the word that the Torah uses to say that he must run is vehu yanus. The root of the word yanus is nas. The word nas has the same letters as the word nes. Nes has two connotations. One is a miracle, a sign. The other is a flag. Because every miracle is a sign and a flag that shows that God is there. When the Torah says vehu yanus, he must run, it's saying he must look at his signs. Look what's happening. Look what's going on. This is not just some random happenstance event. This is God speaking to him, showing him a sign, reminding him why he's in this world, and that this world is only temporary and he's just a traveler here, and that it's time to reevaluate his values in life. The truth is that this is not just a message for an unintentional murderer, but it's really a message for all of us because there are so many times that God is trying to transmit messages to us in our daily lives through our daily surroundings. The verse says, In all of your paths, know Him, know God. He will straighten your paths. He will straighten your way. Now that's such an incredible message. It's mind-blowing. That means that if you look for God in your daily life, God's going to show you the right path. In fact, the verse says in the Torah, You are sons to God. Do you know what that means? Like a father loves his son. Just as a father has mercy on his son, that's how Hashem has mercy upon us. And just as a father wants his son to go on the straight and narrow, to go on the correct path, so God wants us to also go on the correct path. And He's constantly showing us through everything that's going on around us, which is the right way to go. And sometimes it's just a question of us opening up our eyes to see the messages that God's giving us and taking those messages to heart that shows that we are indeed traveling along the spiritual path.